From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy, where we talk about how agents with the right training, tools, and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you could possibly have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected, and they're going to produce more and better work while staying around and ensuring and contributing to the long-term success of your company. Now, along with us today is the ever insightful and enthusiastic Jacob Matthias. What's going on, sir? Hey, thanks for the introduction, Rob. Um, everybody pretty much knows me here. Uh, what's going on? I'm actually smack dab in the middle of moving into a new apartment. So luckily, you guys are seeing this side of the situation and not that side, because over here, it's just completely box city right now. So yeah, it's it's a little stressful, but if you just take it one room at a time, one box at a time, before you know it, you'll be good to go. Well, good stuff, man. Well, we're talking about something that's really important to me, something that I think is going to be a recurring theme. So I'm glad that you're here to chat with me about it, Jacob. And and that topic is centered around a shift that is happening in both the global economy and in CX towards a value and values-based business model. What do we mean by that? Increasingly, customers and employees alike are wanting to be associated with work for and do business with brands and companies that are ethical and make the world a better place, that also provide a clear value for all stakeholders involved. And there are a few ways that this has already begun to show up in CX. The first is the way that labor is being sourced in the offshore outsourcing portion of the CX marketplace. Now, cost still matters and is the primary motivation for offshoring. But as we're seeing, even within uh, non-offshore labor dynamics, there is a clear connection between employee experience and the performance of those employees, which of course we know directly impacts all the business outcomes that matter. Specifically with offshoring, there's a concept called impact sourcing, right? And I want to bring this to the forefront because it's something that's growing. And as CX has expanded its labor base into other countries over the course of uh, the last two decades, this is something that was at the heart and mind of, of many of those companies, but it's become something that is really driving some of the newer decision-making frameworks that are out there. And we're going to talk about how that works and why that matters, but impact sourcing as a concept is the idea that you would open up a new labor market specifically within CX. It would be agents, right? Where the ability to pay those agents according to the overall contract value and the other business dynamics represents along with the other benefits and other things that you bring to those agents as a company represents a massive positive change economically for those individuals and those communities and those societies. And this is something where, you know, you, you think about it, 
you know, you don't start a business typically just to go do a good thing in the world. But honestly, many of us do think that way. And most of us would say there's a lot of positivity to be gained from doing business, a lot of positive impact that can happen on the employee level, that can happen on the societal level. And so this idea of impact sourcing is actually looking for communities where the base economic level would be benefited and the quality of life would be benefited by bringing a CX agent employee opportunity at scale into those communities. Now, this is going to improve employee experience in general because these folks are genuinely benefited by this job. They're genuinely growing as people. Their ability to do the right things that they want to do for their family economically are being positively impacted by this job, right? And that means the overall quality of life and the other facets of life are impacted by those things as well. And I would argue that while work matters and the work that we do matters, you know, for most of us, we wouldn't work unless we needed to. So when we work, we want it to have the massive impact that it could possibly have on our lives in a positive sense. So in that sense, impact sourcing is going to improve EX because happy cows make happy milk, right? You know, the employee that feels connected and that appreciates the opportunity that they have to make a positive impact in their own lives through their work is going to make a positive impact in their work, right? And then the other piece is, is the way it can differentiate. And we're going to talk about both of these in a second. And, and what I mean in, in differentiating is that in the CX world, services, specifically outsourced labor services, are usually just bought historically based on the overall numerical value proposition. In other words, you know, what's the, what's the maximum we can count on getting this done for? And, and if you've got a lower price point and the quality doesn't suffer, then you're typically going to see that contract awarded in that direction. But what we're seeing is that this idea of that additional layer of doing something positive is now a differentiator that is motivating companies to award contracts in the direction of where that impact sourcing sort of concept exists. And this is happening because there is a growing awareness that has made its way into brands and the way that brands market themselves in the world that doing good matters. And there's there's actually some pressure in some cases on brands to follow through with the promise that they've made in their brand promise to do good in the world. And on top of that, there's starting to be data. And in future shows, we're going to dig into some of this data that connects doing good things as a brand with all the positive business outcomes that we're all looking for in business, right? Um, and so, yeah, you think about it like, Jacob, I pose this question to you and just let you kind of unpack your thoughts for a minute, man. Like if you have two companies that you're thinking about doing business with and they both have essentially the exact same value proposition, one to the other, but one is also making a positive impact in, in the world in a way that you can see and, and tangibly appreciate and that doing business with them would allow you to participate in doing that good. Which which one are you going to choose, man? And And just kind of run with that for a minute. Oh man, I love how you use the term unpack as if that's not something that's on my mind already. Unpacking my thoughts, I got to unpack that my thoughts. That was just for you, buddy. Too. That was just for you. <laughs> no, I know. And it was very clever. All right. Uh, differentiators. You know what I've realized just going through my career and just going through life in general is 
I think there's this innate need that we have as mankind that we always want to be a part of something bigger. And when you have these companies that are pretty much the same, and you know, in today's world, especially in B2B, we have new companies popping up every single day. Um, one of the biggest differentiators for me, right? And we talk about uh, if a company has a good mission, if it's doing these things that are actually contributing uh, to making the world a better place. I know that's that's a big, <laughs> that that's a whole big uh, expression that we use, but really, uh, you know, take it in my example, right? There are tons of companies that I can always choose from when I'm looking for a job. Uh, they all offer the same pay. They offer the same benefits. But really what, what speaks to me as somebody who's going through that process um, is what company am I going to be a part of where my voice is heard? And by people hearing my voice, we're not trying to turn anybody away. We're not trying to uh, put anybody down. We're creating this environment for growth. And when we talk about that, from the employee experience standpoint, from that perspective, um, I just think that because we have this innate, this innate need to be a part of something bigger, I think when we're able to be a part of these bigger discussions and really, really understanding what these companies' values are in making an impact, and you see this a lot in B2C, you know, we just had Southwest, that whole fiasco. Uh, that we talked about last week. And it's one of those make or break situations, if you think about it. You have this absolutely massive and popular airline where we had this insane system malfunction occur. And just due to an outdated system, the whole thing crashed. Uh, thousands of flights are canceled. I believe millions of people were affected were the numbers that I heard. But Southwest being the company that they are, they took it upon themselves because they are so customer experience oriented. They took it upon themselves to tell their agents, look, what's going on right now is a huge travesty. And we can either wallow in this for the rest of time and completely ruin our brand and our brand's presence, or we can give our customers the best service ever and try to bring ourselves out of this. And it was because of having a mission like that in the company, having that sort of determination where you're really focusing on that customer experience that could completely save this company and turn them around. And honestly, I haven't seen any negative press about Southwest lately. I don't know about you, but everything that I've seen that has come out of this, we'll call it an opportunity, has been absolutely positive. So when you have the ability to work with companies that really drive home their mission statement and what their goal is and what they want to accomplish, that gives you pride as an employee of that company to say, I get to be a part of this. I get to be a part of this great, great company that's actually making a difference and actually cares about its customers. Yeah, for and when sure, you man. have that, it's better than money. <laughs> it's better than money. I think thinking back to last week's episode and kind of the way that we focused on that, the experience that our special guest last week, Brandon, had as a customer, but somebody who 
is well versed in CX, he was able to pick out the ways that the company's employees at Southwest really believed in their company's goodness and believed that their company meant good for their customer and therefore were willing to kind of put themselves into that position that honestly was hard for them, had to have been, but their encouragement to the customer was, hey, I know this is rough. We're going to get this sorted out as soon as we can. I'm going to tell you exactly what I can tell you. I'm going to tell you what I can't tell you. And we're going to get back to you as soon as I can. And these people were swamped, right? But they had been trained well, and they believed in the goodness of their company. And I guarantee you there are things that customers will never know about that Southwest has done and continues to do for their employees that impacted the viewpoint of that employee in that moment when they needed to believe in their company's goodness the most because the situation was not good and there had been a failure on the part of the company to handle the situation. So, you know, I think, you know, just, you know, kind of pushing forward to the employee experience side of the coin in general, the the world's labor marketplace is vastly different than it was pre-pandemic in so many ways. And we've talked about this on the show a whole lot. You know, one major difference is the surge in work from home opportunities globally. And in CX, where this was already a growing factor, it has become dominant in many parts of the industry. And even though the adoption of the fully remote model is far from uniform, the option of a work from home job exists for most agents across the world. And so that means amongst other things that agents have more options when it comes to employment and they'll be able to change jobs with less interruption to their lives. And so that, that shifts sort of the power dynamic in some ways so that agents can change jobs with less of a penalty in their lives. And so companies need to work on retention of agents. You know, as an industry, our, our retention rate is abysmal. And a lot of that is due to specific difficulties that agents in some industries deal with, just the stressfulness of the job. But but a lot of it is due to the fact that there's there's shifting value in what's happening from the employee's perspective, not just in how they are treated, but in how much they believe in the company that they work for. Nobody wants to go to work for a company they don't believe in and then have to deal with the customers that are negatively impacted with the poor product, poor service, poor behavior of that company. Uh, that's a pretty depressing workday, right? And so if you can get paid the same or better, or maybe even a little less and not hate your job and not fully interrupt your, your life, then suddenly we've got a very clear connection between a company who has solid values and lives those values out in the daily operation of the company and things like agent retention and customer experience and all the big picture business outcomes that come from that. Yeah. And to go on your point there, Rob, you say that maybe sometimes it's better to take the other job that offers less money, but has a better proposition and has better values. So one of the things that I've done and one of the things that I encourage everybody to do is to just take a minute, take a breath, just a quick little moment to reflect 
on what it is you love about your company. It's so easy for us to get caught up in all the negative things that go on. Like I have this coworker and every time lunch rolls around, he always feels like it's appropriate to throw fish in the microwave and then it sinks up the whole office. Now, Everybody granted, loves that's... a good fish in the microwave situation, right? Oh Lord, tell me about it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting a bit off track, but the point is it's so very simple as an employee in any situation, and we're, we're talking the grand scale of employment here, uh, no matter where you work, it's always so simple for us to focus on everything negative about that current situation. You have to remind yourself that you were in the position to decide whether or not you wanted to do business with this company. And realistically, employees are customers of their own company. And the way that you treat your employees should reflect the exact same way you treat your customers. There shouldn't be this tree of your customers here at the bottom of the uh, totem pole. And then you have the employees above. We're all kind of on that same level where we are as equally responsible for the voice of the brand as our customers are. To go off of that, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here, you'll have to forgive me. I, my my cat's doing something crazy up ahead here, uh, but we're just going to ignore her. <laughs> um, your whole reason that you went with this company is because they gave you the opportunity to join their team to help carry out their mission. They saw something in you and they believed in you. And you had to be the one to make that decision and say, yes, I also want to be a part of this. And I promise I will carry this out. You have that mutual res mutual respect between employer and employee. And when you have that, there's, there's this sense of belonging, not only for you as the employee, but also for your brand as well. And if you can accomplish that with one of your employees, you can accomplish that same thing with your customers as well and let them, let their voices be heard. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to go back to something we were talking about earlier, and that is having a bigger value set as a differentiator in building your business and, and in revenue. Because I think this is something that really has shifted. And and I think it's something that CX organizations, especially those that are selling their services B2B or that are, are really trying to make a connection with other companies, really needs to focus on and understand. And that is that societies are asking different questions of the companies they do business with than they were two years ago. You know, the laws related to environmental issues and labor issues are shifting. Privacy issues are shifting. And this means that companies that have a brand promise to do better, to progress in the way that they make a positive impact in the world are going to be companies that are going to have a competitive advantage. And it's, it's like that scenario that I was asking earlier, Jacob, you know, when you, when you have the opportunity to choose between two companies and they're, you know, the, the business deal is essentially the same and those, those concepts are there and you feel like you understand the business side. And then there's this additional layer of participating in doing something positive in the world. You know, people tend to gravitate towards that business that's going to be doing 
you know, something positive in the world. Right. Because, because like you said, at the onset of your comments, there's something inside of us that we, we want to be a part of something bigger. And, and that does connect to the employee experience as well. We want to be a part of a company that we believe in as an employee, but we want to do business with companies that we believe in. And ultimately the market pressure dynamic to be a company that you can believe in, in, in industries where there's competition is showing the shift in society and is showing the shift in the way that buying is being done. One example I'd like to bring to the forefront, you know, wasn't that long ago that the world's largest online retailer who need not be named because we all know who we're talking about here. Um, they were having kind of some bad press about the way their employees were being paid and compensated and treated. And this is just during this last two years during the pandemic when the demand for what they provide was scaling at a rate that nobody could even have prepared for, right? Because people literally could not go shopping out of their homes for a few weeks in some places, months, right? And so the ability to go online, research the product that you need to buy and have it get to your house in two or three days, I mean... The premium for that was insane, you know, and and the need for all of the back end employees to make that happen obviously grew right along with the demand for that happening. And so the scale scaled up enormously. You know, that's a company that has mastered work from home for years for agents and for support people and logistics and all that kind of stuff. And so when they came under scrutiny, it was because employees were raising their hand and saying, I'm not really being paid that well for the amount of work that I do and for the kind of work that I do. And there was an, there was a lot of pressure and you, you want to talk about a company that you would think would have, you know, leverage in the market to say, well, you need us marketplace more than we need you. But they didn't, they didn't say that they responded. They responded to really what was the customer sentiment, which is, Oh, they don't treat their employees as well as we would think they would. As much as I buy from them, that just doesn't seem right. There was this sort of market temperature taking of the moral compass. And it was a very interesting experiment. And then suddenly, if you notice in their marketing, and again, we all know which company I'm talking about, in their marketing, there's all of these ads talking about employees that are grateful for the opportunity that they have to work for that company and to be paid better than they've ever been paid before to move up in the company to progress in their career and the way that it absolutely has revolutionized their life. And from all reports, that's exactly what the company did internally. It wasn't just marketing. They really took a hard look at themselves and said, essentially, hey, if we want to continue to be the market leader in online retail, we need to do the right thing. And there was also some shifts in company leadership and other things that were going on during that time. And I find these things very fascinating. And ultimately, I think what is happening is, and this is happening in CX as well, uh, the market pressure to provide a deeper why than just the numbers is, is growing. And a deeper why for the employee, a deeper why for the companies that are signing contracts with you. Now, you still got to perform. You know, we're, we're not doing away with performance as, uh, you know, a massive primary reason to do business with somebody. But if you've got to choose between a deal that's just a performance deal and a deal that's performance plus a deeper why, 
we're seeing that shift happening. And I'm, I'm hopeful we can continue this conversation as we go forward. I'd like to bring forward just for a second. Tracy has, has shared in the chat and I, I love that um, you've done this, Tracy, this idea of the customer as an internal agent versus external customers. And I would love to figure out how to make it so that you could share that with everybody. But either way, you know, your follow-up comment, Tracy, is that your org charts are always flipped. And as a leader, you're at the bottom, customers are at the top. Tracy, would you mind just unmuting and just sharing your thoughts about this? Because I think it's it's a great way to finish our time today. Absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to do so. Okay. So when I speak about customers, I speak about my agents are, we have internal customers and we have external customers, right? Um, So I always speak about how important our customers are and that our customers, I serve our customers. So therefore I serve my agents. That is my job is to serve my agents and my leaders that are under me. And then they in turn serve our customers. So um, I am, if you ever see one of my org charts, I am at the very bottom. I serve my organization and my customers. They don't serve me. It is 100% flipped. Um, And so it's just my viewpoint. Um, Customers are at the very top. I am at the very bottom. And my other leaders and my agents are in between there. And it, it really shows how organizations need to look at their reporting structure. No, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense. And I think ultimately, you know, this org chart is kind of harboring a deeper why and a deeper sort of meaning that a lot of people don't try to incorporate into their org charts, which is really about how value is directed, right? So what we're saying yes. is that, you know, the person that's typically at the top of the org chart, the the leader of leaders, if you will, is not more valuable than Nope. Anybody else on the org chart. In fact, when the person who's technically on the top of the org chart from a purely organizational leadership standpoint sees themselves as being at the bottom of the org chart in the sense of value, that allows everyone else along the food chain, which is how it's often referred to. If you think about it, that's a really terrible way to talk about it because we're talking about somebody (laughs) eating somebody. Um, (laughs) But you hear that kind of thing talked about, right? And that reinforces the opposite of what you're actually trying to reinforce with the way that you'd put together your org chart, Tracy, which is to talk about how ultimately we're all here to serve the customer and the leader is serving those who serve the customer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a really beautiful picture. And and that's a perfect example of the way that values, the values that the company claims to have can be put mm-hmm. into action and actually lived out in the organization and positively impact all the business outcomes that come from it. Yes. And it goes into so much of what you talk about, right? It's so how, how I um, treat them, how I train them, how I coach them, how I give them chances to develop, to grow. It has to start from the bottom, from me, even underneath me. I mean, we talk deeper on those subjects, right? Yeah. But that's why I always put myself at the bottom and you branch up. And, and leading from a place of modeling that and creating that connection person to person with the people that you're leading and showing that you value them the way you want them to value the customer mm-hmm. and the way that that yep. just 
uh, trickles up. We'll call it trickling up, right? Absolutely. You no, know, things mm-hmm. don't trickle up. I don't think that's how Newton's laws work. I think I think gravity is goes the other way. But you get the point, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes a broken metaphor is the only metaphor. Um, but I but I think that this is this is really an example of what values lived out looks like. So Tracy, thanks for being the historic first guest to jump on and share live your thoughts. Hopefully we'll have a lot more of that because really guys, we're, we're better together as a group of people that have expertise and experience and ideas. We can benefit from each other. And I appreciate Tracy sharing her ideas and thoughts and experiences with us in that way. So guys, values matter in CX more than ever before. And it's only going to grow. So let's be a part of enculturating companies with those values and living out the great values that exist on paper. And uh, we'll see you again this time next Tuesday. Go out and make a great difference today. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.